All right. Does it say that it's recording on your side? You can, like see that stuff's recording. I see top. We're we're recording, whether nice. or not you know it or not. We're recording. We're we're recording. Uh, all right. Welcome. I bet you have Welcome. no idea what you're listening to right now, but uh, someone sent you this link, and now you are listening to myself and Eric. My name's Ryan, Ryan McConaughey. Uh, you probably know me best as Happens in Adops. Uh, and this to my left is... Eric Rickadan. Hello, everybody. How's it going? Well, thanks for joining so, us. Yes. Um, so first question is, why are I listening to these two schmoes? Uh, great, great question. Uh, I would say it's in part because you're very, very bored. Uh, in part because uh, getting real information about the industry at this moment or in general is hard to come by. You either get, uh, and I mean this in the nicest way, uh, more PR focused uh, podcasts around the industry uh, or that's it actually, that, that's your only option. Um, so I had a podcast a long, long time ago. It feels like decades ago. Uh, and that's actually it where I met. that long ago. <laughs> <laughs> that's actually where I met Eric. And Eric currently has a podcast. Uh, so the two of us decided uh, between all of our connections and all of our industry knowledge that like, hey, maybe we should try this thing again. We're all locked in, you know, four walls. So uh, why not try? Uh, so here we are. Eric, you want to kick us off? Or you yeah, wanna, yeah, I was just going yeah, to add to it. It's, uh, you know, we're really, really fortunate that we're part of a great ecosystem and community. Uh, we're, you know, we're pretty plugged in, uh, we're fortunate and we have other people who are a lot more plugged in than us. And so, uh, we, we are excited to have a lot of folks coming on. We've got a, a guest list already. That's, that's this big and we're excited to have everybody on. So make sure you continue to join us and, and hear perspectives from, from real operators out there. And, uh, and I think what's interesting is that we're finally kicking this off. Um, uh, but this really has been. Um, a project that we've been talking about for over a year. Easily. So, so easily, easily over a year in the making. It feels like every time Eric and I, something pops up in the industry and we're like, now's the time. Yeah, so, uh, um, so I think what will be fun um, about uh, what, what you'll see in here is that you know, our, our, what we want to do is keep it very informal, uh, keep it uh, very direct and straightforward, uh, no BS. Um, because that's what people really ultimately want, you know, and most of the time we do that over drinks at a bar in Manhattan or over a dinner <laughs> partners or a, as a, you know, dinners and drinks over, over community or at an event. And what we want to try to do is bring that same uh, sort of open perspective, uh, via, via this platform. So yeah, all that those, being said, those conversations that happen over beers and I, I mean, those are to me the most, they tend to be the most valuable because it's when people are the most honest and that's kind of what we're going for. Uh, and so, yeah, we should kick it off because normally there's, there's a slew of topics to talk about. So much, so much, so much. Right now there's one there, like we have, there is one thing that is affecting everyone's life, both industry career and just like, I don't know, getting groceries. Yeah. Uh, and that <laughs> is the apocalypse that we currently live within. Um, so uh, let's, let's kick this off. It is bad out there, Eric. It is yeah. It is real bad out there. Uh, I, I can tell you just from my point of view, uh, because, you know, you're always first. The first thing you're worried about is your own home. Uh, mm -hmm. Just reading the news about Vice, about uh, 
Group Nine, about Maven, uh, all of the BuzzFeed, these, these yeah. massive companies that are doing either layoffs or uh, salary reductions or sometimes a combination of the two. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, these are, BuzzFeed is not nothing. Like they're, they yeah. were at some point the future of this. They were, Mega. them and Vice were the venture capital future of publishing. And to read some of this stuff is scary. Yeah. So, and also, uh, too, I mean, really talented people there that we, oh, we absolutely. both know. And, and it's interesting because, you know, so, some of those really talented folks that, that are real strong operators, right? You see uh, that, you know, there's only so much that you can do when there's this big machine, right? And in this big machine, it's interesting, you know, so when you sort of take a step back and look at some of the moves that uh, some folks made or didn't make uh, 12 months ago, 24 months ago, you know, um, it, it's interesting to sort of take that and then sort of look at what, what's occurred now. And like you said, the reality is no one's immune from, you know, what's happening um, with COVID-19. What's so interesting about this is it's taken out at the knees the things that we all felt were the future in a way. Mm-hmm. So not subscriptions. Subscriptions for most publishers that have a paywall, if you're a news publisher, they've probably gone up. I know ours have gone up a lot. Uh, Sorry, uh, this is another part of uh, uh, this podcast that's going to Real be a little life. Bit different. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> you're going you're to hear my daughter. You're going to see her walking around. I got a dog around here somewhere, too. So, like, there's background noises that uh, I would not normally allow. Anyways, uh, back to where we were. Uh, so, yeah, so, but uh, experiential, live, that's decimated right now. And everyone yeah. was, was holding that up, especially for, like, Vice as, like, <laughs> The Real thing. quick on the on the subscription thing too. Before we move away from that, you know, it's always interesting when you talk with publishers that even had really strong subscription rates, and there was this sort of idea that subscriptions will uh, sort of surpass uh, the ad revenues or be this great savior. You know, um, most publications, you know, really weren't more than you know twenty percent of their revenue, you know, coming from subscriptions, right? So I always thought it was sort of interesting. 20, 30%, you know, somehow you're going to replace 70, 80% of your revenue, right? So it was always, like, always kind of an additive sort of thing, but really important when you're trying to diversify revenue streams, right? So not yeah, just I think, I think there are a, I think subscriptions have turned into much more of a winner take all than I think we all, than when this kicked off, everyone assumed. I think everyone has this grand vision of like micro payments being the way that we all transact and ads go away. And I just, depending on my attention on a site, I pay a couple pennies here and there, but like, we're not, we're nowhere near that. And all attempts to that, like I, yeah. I respect scroll. I, I very much like the UI, I like what they're doing there. It's still, you're, it's like, you're asking the user for like two or three different miracles here. I'm changing my browser and then I'm paying for a new browser is hard enough. And so anyways, yeah, but, and if somebody uh, thinks differently, by the way, hit us up. I mean, that's the point of this is to be able to sort of discuss, you know, all, all the different views. So um, I'd very much like to be proven wrong. It, it, you know, I'm going to check you until I feel like that's the case. And I may not actually ever admit it to your face, but like it's <laughs> the, the art of debate is something that to me is truly fun. Uh, yeah. And so I would love to have someone go across from me and say otherwise. Um, but back to the point. So like, yeah, COVID has knocked out the knees. Uh, uh, now, this one is anecdotal. I, I've actually heard conflicting uh, evidence on this, but I have a theory that it's, it's at least kneecapped podcasts a little uh, because people aren't commuting. 
So the like, to me, I would assume the primary, the like major times in which people are listening to podcasts for long chunks, or at least like narrative podcasts. I bet daily news podcasts, people might be using that to replace their morning news TV, mm-hmm. but something like Serial or something like Best Town, I wonder if people are actually diving into that to the same degree that they were before. Mm-hmm. Uh, that requires 30 or 40 minutes of like concentration. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, live events, uh, uh, podcasts, those two were our future. Uh, and now it's like subscriptions and old school news. I mean, every news publisher I know is dealing with massive amounts of supply. Yeah. Granted, your CPMs are garbage. Like, it's in supply in the form of uh, different types of display, right? So your banners yeah. and all that way up video way up right i mean it's, it's incredible well, and it's it's not even just like the number of page views are uniques or whatever it's also sheer time on page yeah. we're seeing yeah. like i'm seeing like triple audience times which is additive for for a bunch of different reasons and it's great but then you see the market underlying is just decimated mm-hmm. stuff i haven't seen in five years kind of stuff yeah uh and it's where we still don't know and uh, it's going to bring up one of my boogeymen and one of the few times that you'll ever hear me uh, agreeing with Jason Kind, which is like, is this caused or what portion of this is caused by people simply pulling marketers, pulling back from the market saying like, yo, we have to rethink our messaging or Hey, we're a travel company and no one's traveling. Mm-hmm. And then what percentage of it is companies still like Procter and Gamble or any CPG company that is blocking against COVID terms? Mm-hmm. Because if you're a news site, everything you write about is COVID. Even right. your recipes yeah. are mentioning coronavirus somewhere in yeah. the article. And so yeah. if you have a block list where coronavirus is like, you're, you're, not getting, you're not buying any news, which to me is asinine because this is where people are coming. Again, mm-hmm. going back to the previous point of page views, like this is when news is proving itself most necessary. And yet I, I, I believe there's a degree of like we've because all we've given buyers to do to protect themselves from being against bad content is an awful system of keywords. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's interesting. Uh, I've been we've been trying to spend some time talking with a lot of a lot of the companies that help to enable some of those functions, <laughs> and you know, it, it's I, I think it's a tricky spot, you know, for for them, right? They're trying to sort of serve almost two masters, if you will, right? So so there's the buy side and there's the sell side, and try to bridge some of that. So. You know, I, I, I don't know. I mean, it can only be so good, you know, but it's really a difficult subject when uh, it's newsworthy. It is news. It's current events. It's affecting everyone. Right. You know, and so I appreciate uh, this. I hope the audience is going to learn to appreciate this. Like I'm going, <laughs> I'm going to be cynical and negative about everything I read. And Eric's going to come in with this much more level headed, like positive. There's two sides to the story thing. And I'm trying to like nail a person in the wall. But the the reality is, uh, is that, you know, um, the, it's, it's just affected everyone in in sort of a negative way, you know, because even if you're, uh, you know, DTC product, you know, I think one of the most interesting stories I've heard so far was like, there's a toilet paper company that's DTC, you know, there's a toilet paper company. Yeah, absolutely. I know the bidet companies have been like going bonkers, but, (laughs) and and the thing is like, you know, if you're, if you have product and you're delivering, I mean, like you sort of run into a log jam too, because you're a supply chain log jam, right? Like you can't deliver it or you run out of product or, you know, so everybody's like been impacted somewhat in in a sort of negative way. But, but um, no, I mean, I I think there's, there's ways to be smarter, you know, and I think over time, it's, it's weird. This is a once in a lifetime sort of event. I think that we're all sort of, 
going God through, willing you know, even from an advertising and marketing perspective and even through ad tech you know you, uh, it'll, it'll get better you know but the reality is that uh, you know it did feel like that there's some some real blunt instruments you know being used you know and uh, and 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 it's it's uh, it's impossible to deny the negative impact when you're talking about jobs when you're talking about layoffs when you're talking about lost revenues when you're talking about uh, people pulling back and you know and spend and it's affecting the whole ecosystem well and this this is the next thing that I, I, I there's another aspect of this that I've just recently started to worry about again as a publisher uh, it, it started around this time last year but this notion of sequential liability uh, and uh, uh, risks to assets receivable. Um, I know if you haven't read it, OpenX put out this whole thing very recently, smart marketing on their side, that they had got asset receivable insurance on like 97% of their incoming uh, revenue. Smart, good on them for, for doing that. I have no idea how much it costs, but I can assume it's a lot, uh, but worthwhile at this moment. Um, but there are, and it's in the news, there are DSPs that are, teetering that were teetering before uh and i like i'm asking i'm wondering as a publisher like how much because this isn't the end of the economic crunch here like we're we're at, at the end of the beginning perhaps but like there's there's still so much more to go mm -hmm. so what do you do like this yeah. I, I feel like it's coming on at all sides let let's say uh, buyers come back in the market but now like a major DSP, like they're, they're, you know, media math was out there and laid off 8% of the people. Now I'm not saying they're in trouble or I've heard anything, but like, that's the first thing my mind goes to is like, Oh yeah, my God, yeah, what happened? Yeah. What happens if they pull a seismic? Like mm -hmm. what, what, like seismic yeah. was not nearly media math size and had, didn't have nearly that list of clients. And like, I, my, my risk is, huge in comparison to that and like i'm we're i'm nothing the size of like hearst or meredith or conde like i can only imagine like you're talking seven digits mm -hmm. depending on how far back that goes so like what do we do like I, how I think, like i think it's interesting and it really uh it exposes how fragile really sort of the the, the sort of start from the money here all the way down you know really is and and we've known that we've always known that you know but uh, again, you know, you can't plan for a pandemic event that's going <laughs> to right, cripple the world, right? So right. Uh, literally everything just stopped. And, you know, it's, I, don't, I don't think it's an excuse, but it, it's, it's interesting to think about like, okay, so the payment is potentially not happening. Um, you know, it exposes how, how, how fragile everything really is. And then we sort of go further upstream and you think about the agencies and everybody sort of you know, that's responsible for, for cutting checks and sending checks. I mean, nobody's there, nobody's present, you know? And, and so like you have a lot of different things that are, are sort of choking up, you know, the pipes, you know, in terms of just, just pure payment, you know? So, I mean, it, it's, it's really complex. I think, you know, what, what's happening, you know, there. And, and I think also um, it, it's funny, like there's a, there's a period where somebody says, uh, I'm not responsible, <laughs> you know, I'm not, you know, I'm not, I'm not responsible. And I, and I think, this is going to sort of make people more accountable, you know? And, and then I think your example, you just, you just pointed out, some people are going to say like, Hey, we're good. Some aren't. And, uh, and it's just, it's just scary in a different way, you know? So you have a very different, I, my history is mostly in top 100 publishers. Uh, I, I have a very brief period of time where I was at like a mid-sized publisher, but most of my career has been very large publishers. 
So if you're a smaller publisher mm-hmm. struggling with this the same way everyone else is, like, what is your, what are you recommending they do? Like, what do you do? How do you weather this? Yeah, no, it, it's a good question. And, and what's kind of interesting is uh, it almost uh, doesn't matter what size publisher you kind of are, right? Because uh, what we saw with some of the companies that you named before early on, uh, on paper, in the headlines, in the trades. I mean, they are the darlings of, you know, the, the, the space, right? And look, look yeah. what happens when they miss a beat, when it's, you know, money or it's payments. Um, it impacts them as well. Sometimes also the larger of a company you are, I mean, you, you're working on a 90-day sprint. You're publicly traded. You know what I mean? And so you've got shareholders and you've got all those kinds of things that really sort of freak people out. And then, you know, your shares just tank. It's a different type of thing. For, you know, sort of the mid-tail, long-tail thing, it's, it's equally as scary because, you know, you're talking really about independent business owners. You're talking about small business owners. You're talking about... Well, right. So, like, know, I'm thinking so, if, it's not even like, let's say I'm not, I'm, I'm not worried about a DSP going out of business, but yeah. what if my SSP changes my net 60 to net 90? Now I'm just yeah. dealing with just a cash crunch. But, mm-hmm. like, yeah. if, you're some, if you're someone like a Hearst or a Meredith, like, you yeah. can put the fear of God in any exchange, even considering that, or you can get a float for 1% or whatever. But like, if I'm a smaller or mid-sized publisher, like lean, been running this well, uh, as well as I should be, 30 days without cash is tough right around now. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's hard. And, and I think, uh, I, I will say uh, that, you know, you, you definitely don't work um, you know, less hard because, or not as hard because the publisher isn't, um, isn't as big. In fact, I think you work like twice as hard. And I think for the folks that help us sort of connect all of that as well, uh, we are able to communicate, you know, the, the, the needs there and they are very helpful in being able to, to sort of bring some sort of resolution there. So for those that aren't familiar, uh, what I do and, and my company does is, is we help uh, a lot of publishers to deliver services to, um, sort of more mid-tails or longer-tail publishers uh, and, and give them the expertise that, you know, a company like Ryan's and other big media companies uh, are, are used to having. So um, if anything, I think, you know, you, you sort of fight a little bit harder, you know, when, when that check means that, that much more. Um, and, you know, uh, that, that, is, that has sort of always been true there. And what I think is interesting is, well, um, is there's... Sorry to interrupt. I yeah, just assume you, yeah. like, you kind of do an 80-20 rule where like 20% of your effort can get you 80% of sort of yeah. what you want. So what is that 20% you focus on? Do you yeah. like, is it just making sure your tech stack is right? Is it making sure your site is fast? I mean, is it, I'm sure it's all the above. Yeah, yeah, no. Like, it's, it's, what, those what do you prioritize? Those are really good questions because uh, first, I, I think what matters is the relationship you have with your publisher. You know, and, and what I mean by that is, you know, are you able to make those sorts of adjustments? So there's been great uh, independent, um, you know, sort of, not, I don't want to call it research, but independent findings that's been coming out fast, you know, which is great, you know? So uh, as many things, you know, you're, you're, you're only as good as sort of the data that you have. And when you're going through uh, coronavirus, right? Like, you know, data in 48 hours is really important to make those adjustments, you know? So it's a combination of things. But it's, first, it sort of begins with your relationship with your publisher. Because what that does is it, uh, it allows you to be able to make adjustments, you know, because there's some publishers um, uh, that, that may be less uh, willing or able to, to sort of make adjustments, right? So if it's tactical, 
changes when to you, your tech stack or when you say changes. publishers are you, are yeah. you meaning like if you're a tech company talking to your publisher or uh, i'm thinking uh, more like of a, just a, the revops team talking to your editorial yeah i'm thinking more uh editorial senior leadership publisher title right you know or yeah. uh, that kind of thing like you go well i don't know i don't want to change this or you know uh maybe maybe uh you know we're just going to ride this out the way we are no we can't change this and i don't want to give uh, dev resources or whatever it may be you know and sort of being able to be agile and be able to make that change is really important because, in fact, you know, when you have uh, something like we're going through right now and, and nothing seems the same, your traffic doesn't seem the same, you know, visitors aren't spending the same sort of time. Imagine what that does to algorithms, you know, imagine what that does to, to all kinds of things. So it's actually a really good time to do things differently. You can actually use this time to, to do things uh, with with audience like maybe you have your dedicated audience that comes and you have a whole bunch of drive-by audience right so you can test out new things but if your publisher isn't so if you don't have a relationship where your publisher trusts you to be able to make those kinds of changes then you're just kind of writing it out and 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 doing what you would normally do and that's not a good thing and uh, I was gonna say you know there's been um, great insights shared with a lot of different companies about you know uh, at first it was, you know, how do we not do this, right? You know, and then there's like, how do we get back to flat? You know what I mean? Then, then you know, what, what else have we seen, Ryan? Uh, that uh, March is the new January. You know what I mean? Oh, like that, that kind of thing. Honestly, you know? April is the new January. March yeah. is the new, like, or April, pardon me, April is the new January. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Uh, so. Yeah, no, that's what I wanted to get on my soapbox real quick here because mm -hmm. I, I do think because we are all equally so flat right now and, like, it doesn't, there's no amount of juicing the bottom line at this point. Like no yeah. matter it, it, your CPMs are so low. Everything is so low. RPM is so low. That, and the, and, the, and the, the, the stop is up here right before it gets to here. Right. Yeah. So, well, yeah, and, so there's and nothing everything really is your, your, your floor and ceiling have con constricted to a point where you're really not, there's only so much to squeeze, but like this is, and I, I keep trying to like write my next newsletter, but then like, I keep, for for background uh just moved to an apartment and i have a kid on the way in like a week or two so like there's i i got no time for this but uh the, my thing is like all the stuff i've always harped on the like the the bad stuff that we have sort of as an industry allowed ourselves to continue to do in the name of bottom line this is a great time to start cleaning some of that up yeah. Like, do you yeah. not lazy load or like are, you know, are, do you load a single unit or multiple units way below the page and they get a 14% viewability and you just make up for it because you either have some crazy agreement with Teeds or Outbrain or whoever it is. Like now's a great time to stop that mm -hmm. because like you're not getting those uh, guarantees anymore. Everyone got rid of those. Like you're the, the whether you have a down 20% month or a down 24% month, is going to be generally unseen. And if coming out of that means your CPMs, like then when things start to recover can be that much better because now the quality of your inventory is that much higher. Yeah. I think now's the time to do that. Yeah. Uh, no one wants to think of like losing more money, mm -hmm. but I think generally if your boots on the ground person or the person that is like making these tactic decisions and then there's like a CRO levels above you mm -hmm. that may is abstracted far enough away that doesn't realize that like oh we killed you know we stopped doing this refresh all the time or we stopped i don't know working with x y or z vendor or we removed uh resellers from our ads.txt like those are all things that in the end will help you and will help you a lot when these things rebound 
And like, this is the time where it will cause you the least amount of pain marginally, because like, yeah. you're going to have that pain no matter what. So like clean you know, it up. Now is the perfect time. It's, it's <laughs> interesting speaking about pain too, because you know, uh, and, and talking with a lot of different folks in the space. And, you know, I took some time to talk with a lot of sort of, uh, sort of traditional direct sellers as well, bringing a lot of IOs and insertion order based business. Um, I mean, there has been so many deals that just stopped, paused, oh. gone away. I feel um, like I spent most of March just rebooking stuff for later and that like every everyone did it's and and you know i don't want to say that there's silver linings and in, in, in just programmatic but i mean there are some advantages you know that that are that are occurring even as bad as it feels um there are some areas where it can be much much worse and i think it's important yeah. to talk you know with uh if you're a publisher with your leadership there you know or with you know your clients just about like you know how how uh how maybe a focus on uh, things where sometimes it's not just like CPM or RPM, things like that, you know, really taking a look at the revenues, you know, as a, as a whole, you know, is, oh, is, is a little bit different. That was a great you know? time if you don't have it to uh, the trade desk and DFB both have great courses on programmatic, one from buy side, one from sell side, take yep. those, learn that stuff. Um, it's a great time to take a course. Uh, they have free online courses or you can get them pretty cheap in statistics. Statistics is the most the necessary math you need like this is a great time to be a yield person because you are when the going gets tough you still need it the the, the cfo still needs a yield person. the cto still needs a yield person someone mm -hmm. still needs to understand what's going on and how to how to how to uh, uh keep the ship afloat yeah um and so if you feel like you're you're sort of one-sided like you only know ad ops or you only know media planning or you only like now's a great time to look, to add an extra skill because I'm sure this is as dead as it's going to be. And you're mm -hmm. pro we probably got another eight weeks of this. Like you have a lot of time to kickstart your, your way. I, I myself am trying to learn SQL. Uh, so we'll, we'll see how that goes, but uh, <laughs> per all the other stuff I just said, we'll see if I have enough sleep to be able to learn this stuff. But I highly recommend it. It's great. Yeah. Uh, we should, because we've, been, this has been uh, the sky is falling and uh, a very negative show up until this point and we i don't want it to be that way because like we all still have jobs and actually i we should like i feel incredibly lucky that our industry is still around and yeah, we can all absolutely. work from home and like afford you know maybe two ply toilet paper if you're really high up in your company uh but eric let's let's end on a lighter note yeah that's um yeah let's let's do that uh and i think we can do that by uh saying thanks to uh help to keep everybody informed you know and i and i always sort of think of it in kind of a couple buckets you know um first there's a lot of uh really smart people that that uh we follow and follow us and we're lucky that they have uh put in the time that both ryan and i don't have to kind of do <laughs> independent research and build great infographics and, and put that out there for everybody to, to be able to sort of digest and understand and then talk about it. Right. So there's great uh, threads on Twitter and a lot of different channels uh, to sort of learn more LinkedIn and others. And, and I think uh, we always say thanks to all the trades and all the folks working hard there too, to be able to, uh, to deliver what's going on on, on so many different, different fronts, you know, so thanks to everyone there as well. Yeah, let's let's actually start naming them because yeah, uh, I, yeah. I I got to name some of my favorites. I was actually if 
just trying to look some of them up uh, because it's this, uh, I wouldn't be able to get through what, uh, okay, so off the top of my, not off the top of my head, as I'm looking at this list right now, uh, Carrie Flynn over at CNN, absolutely like uh, Ben Smith, now that he's over at uh, the New York Times, uh, before I don't know how much I really paid attention to Ben Smith. Um, you got people like Sarah Fisher, like like yeah. Axios. Yeah, uh, Wall Street, it. yeah, Wall Street Journal does incredible uh, media work. Yeah. Um, you got, uh, I mean, Ari, of course. Obviously, but, yeah. <laughs> uh, I very much follow like Jack Marshall or everyone at Digiday, honestly. Yeah. So like, because Lara's over there now too. Laura, yeah. Lara, I should know. Yeah, how to tremendous crew, tremendous crew. Um, yeah. Neiman Labs, like everything they do. Um, I'm trying to think of who else. Uh, like so, so everyone at Ad Exchanger. Absolutely. I give Ad Exchanger so much shit for a lot of reasons, but like Sarah over there, and honestly, their newsletter, their daily newsletter, is an absolute must read um, if you're in this industry. And a tremendous crew uh, over at Ad Week as well, Josh yes. and Ronan and Ronan. everyone else. Everybody, uh, they they built a, a, a tremendous team over there, and uh, uh, I mean, I feel like since uh, that whole group there, uh, you know, started you know a year year and a half ago, it's it's night and day, and and uh, and they just do a tremendous job. Also, the folks over at Ad Monsters as well. Um, yes. Thanks for, for all you do, Gavin. over there. Yeah, Exchange Wire, eMarketer, so many. Um, and I think also, you know, um, you know, a lot of the stuff that we're going to talk about, obviously in the biggest market, you know, here, we're going to talk about a lot of stuff that's domestic here, but we also are going to talk uh, about, um, you know, a lot of stuff that's happening uh, on the international scene as well, as well. So yeah. we're lucky. We have a lot of contacts that help us understand what's going on in the UK and so many other places that are really important uh, where everything's a little bit different, but kind of the same. And, and yeah. it's important to hear what's happening uh, over there too. So, Thanks for joining us, and uh, yeah, look for the next one coming out soon. Thank you, guys.